in the morning when you need the news that matters most. We have a constitutional right to publish this story. We are the fourth estate and we will hold the powerful accountable. You need the front page. Wait, what's the fourth estate? Us, the press. And everyone knows that? On the press box. Because I feel like people always say the fourth estate, but they don't actually know what it means. I think everybody knows what it means. I thought the fourth estate was time. That's the fourth dimension. I thought the fourth estate was Georgia. With Graney and Bischoff. No, not state, a state. You thought I was saying we're the state of Georgia? The 49ers beat the Rams 24-9 last night. The 49ers defense did not allow a touchdown. They did score one themselves on a pick six. Uh, 49ers defense, is this going to be like best in the league type uh, defense? Pretty good. Are we like... Uh, did you see the pick six on oh. Um, Stafford? Oh, yeah. Right in front of Cup? Yeah. Jumped the route and everything. Yeah. So are we... Like, end of the year, are we looking at this 49ers team as a... Well... Jimmy Garoppolo's still there, but the defense yeah, is still so good. Yeah, but the defense has been back in the NFC Championship. That they've won the NFC West right. and whatever. Yeah, they're in the title yeah. game. Like, it's, it kind of feels that way. Because, I I mean, I, they were at home, but I wasn't expecting just a complete shutdown of the Rams. No. Right, where they get three field. I guess the Rams could have gone for it. Yeah. Some, some of those fourth downs uh, when they got inside the red zone. But basically a complete shutdown of that offense. And it seemed really good. Um, so I, I think nobody in that division is that, like, flashy good. But it might just be the 49ers, right? Who is? Who, are they going to be the best in the NFC West at the end of the year? That whole division's two and I mean, two at the moment. <laughs> they are. Do you see? Do you see any hangover from the Rams? Uh, I mean, a little. Yeah, I mean, they're probably not as good as they were last year. But they also, like, the Rams last year weren't like clearly the best team in the NFC. Right. Right. Like the the Packers were the one seed in the regular season and all that. But this year's team is. They're probably going to be about as good as they were last year in the regular season, right? They're probably going to win, what, 10 games or something like that. And get in and be in the postseason. And then, you know, just you don't get, know. get hot in the postseason. I mean, they go back to how they beat the Buccaneers in the postseason. They hit, Cooper Cup had like, what was it, like a 60-yard catch yeah. to set up a game-winning field goal after Tampa just tied the game. So they weren't too far from being bounced before or against Tampa Bay. Uh, before even the NFC Championship game. So it's not like they were some unbelievable team that just was clearly the best in the league. They were a good team that played well at the right times. Uh, I still think they get in, but it's probably a team that, you know, as, as likely to get bounced in their first game as they are to go, on to go and, back yeah. Yeah, and win. So it's interesting, but like the Cardinals are two and two, the Seahawks are two and two. I don't think either of those teams are actually good. Seahawks for sure. No. Cardinals probably not. No. I mean, they're. It's one two-point conversion stop away from being one and three. At the Niners moment. defense could win that. Yeah, they could. Um, also from that game, Rams linebacker Bobby Wagner tackled oh, a streaker. You like this? So, Bobby Wagner, yes. I like Bobby Wagner laying out the guy running on the field. That's phenomenal. Um, what's what's the guy doing? He's running on the field with a pink like yeah. smoke bomb. Someone it, tweeted, I'm tired of these gender reveals. <laughs> Is there any chance that was actually a gender reveal? There's a chance for sure. His shirt said something. I don't know what his shirt said. I think there's a chance it was a gender reveal. So, first off, the funniest gender reveal you can do is somebody getting arrested doing it. Um, no, it's where you burn down half of uh, California's uh, wildlife. That's also not helpful either. Funniest, Jared. Not destructive. Oh. 
Um, but also, let's let's say for a minute this was a gender reveal. Is that the father, or did the couple find a friend who was like, "I'll get arrested for you and run on the field"? I hope they're smart enough couple to have found somebody. But and how dumb is dad. that person? Well, he yeah, this person is not bright, but that doesn't mean <laughs> that they wouldn't do it if they were an idiot. You, the fu- well, I mean, they're not that bright because I mean, the doctor will just tell you the gender. <laughs> How much how much do you think you have to pay your friend to run on the field with a smoke bomb to do a gender reveal party? I don't know. I think people are I think that guy's so dumb he wouldn't even want the money. Do it for free? You'd be yeah, like, I mean, hey, we bought you a ticket to the game. If he's dumb enough to do it, then he probably doesn't even ask to get paid. We bought you a ticket to the game. That's all you need, right? These gender reveals are uh interesting. Jared's right. We just asked the doctor. The doctor said, yeah. Do you want to know? Yeah, we want to know. It's a boy. The next time, yeah, we need to know, it's a girl. So here's the problem with the whole gender reveal Whoa, it party. Changed? <laughs> no, first it was a boy, oh. then it was a girl. Here, here's the problem with the whole gender reveal party. It's only going to be good if one of the parents has a um, has a gender that it wants, right? Like if if the if both the mother and the father both are like want boy, if I'm fine, if they're both fine with whatever, then oh, hooray! It's a boy, hooray! It's a girl. It, it's irrelevant, right? You don't care. You're getting a you're you're getting a child, and that's all you care about. But if one of the parents desperately wants a boy or desperately wants a girl then it's dramatic and suspenseful and entertaining when they get it because they could be extremely excited however if let's say one of them really wants a boy and it's a girl now they're dejected and now it's terrible so that's the problem with these things is you've got to have one of the parents desperately hoping for a boy or a girl they have to want opposite sexes well, no, that's bad because then one of them's dejected, and this is supposed to be a happy thing. And then the ki- the kid's not even born yet, and he's yeah, already hated by one of his parents. Don't you want the wife jumping around happy and the, and the dad like in a corner on a chair with his head in his hands? No, why do I want the dad sad? Now the kid's okay, hated then, by then his flip parents. It. Then flip it. I know you don't want the kids hated you don't by want his the, parents. You do born. not want the pregnant lady <laughs> upset. <laughs> I've never had a kid. I just know that based on living that kid hasn't been born yet and there's already resent built up by one of the parents that's brutal right yeah and it's on video right now right. it's like everything's on video as soon as yes. that kid is old enough to comprehend what a gender reveal party is hey said, look, look at, at what this. we did why does uh, dad hate why me? is dad looking like that and crying and they're not tears of joy i've never seen dad cry except for when he found out i was a girl <laughs> jesus no, I mean, or, I mean, I, I could say yes, but I mean, I would say just in general, the big pitch. First of all, I don't know why every team. What was that? All right, the, that was Josh. That was Josh, Josh McDaniels, and uh, our friend Lindsey Brown discovered it, and it is how I will answer any question from here on out. Did he not no, keep talking I mean, after or, that? I mean, I, I could say yes, but I mean, I would say just in general, the big pitch. First of all, I don't know no. why every team. Yes, I mean, I oh, could he kept say talking. okay. All right, he all right. I don't talking. know. Yeah. Yeah, I would say yes, but he I don't kept know. Talking. Um, the Raiders are trying to make the Las Vegas Bowl move. Jesus. Uh, not out of Vegas, but to a different day or time. Uh. So Mark Anderson had the story last week, and then Brett McMurphy followed up yesterday. Uh, so the Las Vegas Bowl is supposed to be played December 17th at 430. The Raiders are supposed to play the very next day at 520 on Sunday night football. However, it's late in the year, and they will flex Sunday night football games. So they'll change who has Sunday night 
as the Depending season goes on. on. Records and right. who's in the running. So there's a chance Raiders and Patriots is, is going to be moved to a you know Afternoon daytime start. Game. According to Brett Let's McMurphy, hope. the Raiders are asking the Las Vegas Bowl to move their kickoff earlier in the day or to another date to provide the grounds crew more time to flip the stadium from a college to NFL venue. Now, we've talked about this with UNLV because the Raiders this year have already forced UNLV to play on a dead grass field yes. because they didn't have enough time right. to flip the field. Flip it. The problem in both instances, UNLV's uh, lease with Allegiant Stadium says that they need 12 hours. That's the minimum time, 12 hours to change the stadium over from college to NFL. And now twice in one year, the Raiders are saying we need more than 12 hours and we're going to try to effectively bully somebody. Does they, the bowl game fall under the same uh, precipice as UNLV? Though? No, they have a they, two, they would have a separate totally agreement. Two independent yeah. agreements. Completely different, completely Ooh. separate agreement from what UNLV has. But I would guess if, if the Raiders... Here's the thing. The Raiders signed a contract with UNLV to lay out exactly everything UNLV could do with the stadium. And in that contract, it said they need 12 hours to flip the field. If you actually need more than 12 hours, they should have put that in their contract. Now, I don't know what the Las Vegas Bowl one says. I'm guessing it says the same thing. I can't imagine why they would tell the Las Vegas Bowl, oh, no, we need more than 12, but tell UNLV they need 12. But they had a chance to put that in a contract, and they did not do it. And yet, here's the funny part. They might win in both of these scenarios. They bullied yeah. UNLV into playing yes. on a dead grass field. They might, I don't know if they can, but they might bully the Las Vegas Bowl in the Bowl moving. game's going to fight this big time. It has to, I, because they, here's isn't the thing. is this TV locked right. in? Oh, it is. And that's the that's the problem here, is this is locked into a television time yes. slot. And by the way, it's October 4th. This isn't like, ah, this is happening in February. It's like the season's underway. The bowl right. games are set. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know who wins here. But the Raiders are absolutely trying to bully the Las Vegas Bowl into moving, which is... It's one of the most ridiculous things because the Raiders, here's the thing, the Raiders stadium, Allegiant Stadium exists, right? For two main reasons, according to the legislatures that built it. One of the reasons that a lot of people gave was to give UNLV a stadium. Yes. Right? A lot of people voted for that and because of that. Despite that, the Raiders are still allowed to bully UNLV and make them do whatever they want. The other reason, and the main reason why this was pushed through, was to create tourism for Las Vegas, right? This is going to host events that are going to draw right. people in. Right. The Las Vegas Bowl is one of those events mm -hmm. that are supposed to draw people in. And the Raiders, who got $750 million specifically for this stadium to draw people in, are trying to force one of those events to move off of its time slot. That's ridiculous. That is not being a good partner to UNLV, to the Las Vegas Bowl, or to Las Vegas. That's, be that's a bad partner. Your stadium exists because we want tourism at it. You shouldn't be allowed to tell events that existed here before you. Ah, you got to move. You can't play then because we need 36 hours to change the stadium over. And to double down on his point, you said it's a Patriots-Raiders game? Yes. yes. Yeah, there's yes. not that point in the season? There's no Patriots fans flying across the country to be Bailey like... Bailey Zappi's parents will be here. And, and both teams' kickers' parents will be here. But that's exactly like this isn't it, this doesn't make any sense. But what I will say is we do need to get John Sassenti on so oh, yeah, I, I can ask him that. about my hoodie. I was just gonna say that. Where is your hoodie? <laughs> that's the first question we ask. Him. Uh, I also I, I also would like a polo. And a polo. Do they have shorts? 
Uh, I've not seen so. shorts. Nobody does swag I, they, shorts. They like those uh, little uh, uh, those little gift bags with the uh, the little shoulder straps. Yeah, I'll, and then I'll take one of those. Inside those are usually the goodies. I mean, Jared will take anything, but that's the biggest scandal here is Jared doesn't have his gift bag from the Las Vegas Bowl. You know, he kept squirting through there and... Jesus. <laughs> is that another Lindsay find? No, that one was me. What am I supposed to do with that? All right. That is Josh McDaniels talking about uh, Josh Amik. Jacobs. Amik. Oh. Oh. You know, he right, kept no. squirting through there. Okay, and... on the on the return. <laughs> yeah. 68 yards. Tua will not play this week. He's been ruled out for week five against the Jets, um, which seemed obvious, right? Like, that would have been. I would hope this time it's <laughs> obvious to them, yes. Um I think he's is, had a long time. I was going to say, like, they're they're treating this like it's week to they've week. They've gotten so much heat, deservedly they so. They fired a guy! Yeah, they've gotten so much heat, deservedly so. I think this guy's out a long time. Yeah. No matter what he says in terms of how he feels, I think you've got, if you've got new doctors in there right now, you're, and if you've got new doctors in there right now, you want to be the guy who says he can finally go back in? I, this guy's out a long time. Right. This so, a long time. but are they going to ever treat it that way? Are they just going to give us, hey, every week, uh, he's out this week. We'll see next week. Are they actually going to tell us, all right, two is out for a month, two months, whatever it is. Because at this, I mean, I guess they don't really gain anything by doing it, but I guess you could put them on IR and open up a roster spot. But right. it just seems like they're going to treat this week to week when it seems like it should be a month long plus type of situation. The My favorite thing is that a guy from the NFL's Mackie White Health and Safety Committee before Tua played this the most recent game went if he gets another if he goes out there and plays he should sue everyone everyone should get fired and they all if he winds up going out there and gets hurt they should all be charged with attempted murder that guy's on the committee the NFL put out there and so Tua may never play again. This and now people are reacting like, "Oh my God, that was horrible." Meanwhile, brain specialists before the game were like, "This is a terrible freaking yeah. idea." You sense any give up in the locker room? Hell no. What kind of questions that, Phil? Phil, I want to know who Phil is. All right, we didn't get to this yesterday, but Lights FC drew with New Mexico United, uh, nil nil on Saturday or on Friday. Um, Lights actually had two chances within five yards in the final five minutes to win five that game. Five yards? Oh, they were right on the doorstep. Couldn't score. Uh, so they blew it a little bit there. Right now, Lights FC are in ninth place in the West. The top seven go to the postseason. They are two points behind El Paso for the last playoff Any spot. Teams, remember last week you said had games in hand? El Paso has a game in hand. So if El Paso were to win their game in hand, they would conceivably be five points ahead of Lights. Uh, Rio Grande Valley is in between them. Uh, one point ahead of Lights. They also have a game in hand. Um, however, Oakland is in sixth. They're two points ahead of Lights as well. They do not have a game in hand. So there's two teams Lights could realistically catch here to end How the season. How many games left for the night? Lights only have two left. So they win both of those. They get to 47 points, and they've got to hope El Paso, Oakland, uh, that at least one of those two don't lose get out. to 47. Uh, I'd have to double-check the tiebreakers. I don't know who they lose them to. Um, but Lights FC, slim, but there's still still some hope there, especially if they win the last two that they could actually get into the postseason and have their first-ever playoff game as a franchise. All right, coming up next... 
The Golden Knights! They gonna give up seven goals again tonight? What's that listen to? Uh I was on the phone with Ralph Kruger, of all people. No kidding. So I listened to nothing. <laughs> you listen to Ralph. <laughs> what what do you listen to if you if you don't have to if you're not, uh, I, if you're I'm, not a, I'm a classic rock guy. I like the 80s. Yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. No, uh, I like music. So in a short drive like that, I'm not going to do talk radio probably. It'll be some sort of music, but you're in a good mood. Or I'll play some tunes from my iPhone. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Greeny and Tyler Bischoff. That was Bruce Cassidy. Um, Ed, did you see this picture of Phil Kessel and his birthday cake? I did see it, yes. All right. I see it. I so it. I'm guessing this was in Montana. Uh, I would think their big their big trip over the weekend, right? And so Phil Kessel had his birthday, and they gave him a birthday cake. It's a blue cake with little mini hot dogs on the outside, and then the like cake toppers. Uh, it looks like there's two or three hot dogs yeah, on top, yeah. and then a little happy birthday Phil with a hot dog character. Um, do you think Phil Kessel could do the nine 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 challenge? Nine hot dogs, nine beers. Well, he's a hockey player, so the beer's not going to be a problem. Uh, And it appears uh, he enjoys hot dogs. Yes. So my guess is he could do the 999 challenge. Could he then score a goal the next day? Ooh, that'd be tough. Yeah, it would be. He only had eight last year. That's right. It's not a lot. He should have been doing the 999 (laughs) challenge. Maybe he would have scored some more goals. Uh, So, yeah, Phil Kessel uh, got a birthday cake. By the way, in this picture, um, are they, like, in a ballroom? going on here they, they take the golden knights to some ballroom that's probably foley's ranch yeah he's just got ballroom probably there. the ranch well yeah it's i'm, I'm sure it's not a, a small ranch do, um do you see jack eichel's facial expression uh he's very red is he asking <laughs> is he asking is he asking himself why he's there uh probably because who's he sitting next to i don't even recognize who he's sitting next to I do not. He's like sitting next kid. to the rookies that were still on the yeah. roster before they got cut. <laughs> oh, Jack Eichel, not even at the the important table over here. Um, would you like, as a player, every preseason to go to Montana for three or four days uh, for, to go to your owner's ranch? I mean, treated like they're probably treated. They get a golf. Sure. Why wouldn't you? Why I don't know. I, I mean, I, I would think it's pretty fun. I'm sure you're treated A class. It feels yeah. like a. Volu- it doesn't appear. Bruce Cassidy wanted to go after that seven to three loss. <laughs> it didn't appear that he wanted to like jet to Montana. It just feels like a voluntold vacation. You know what I mean? Oh, you're going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, you don't have going. a choice. You're going. Right. But like, like you said, ah, you get to golf and all that. Like it's, it's sounds like a forced fun type of vacation. Yeah, this, this feels like every time my parents would be like, we're going to the beach. And I'd be like, I don't like the beach. And they're like, well, we're going, going to the beach. Right, and I, I here bring would be, a book. Here would be my guess. They have, uh, they get what three days off or something when they go yeah. do this. I'm guessing if you ask them, seventy five, eighty five, ninety five percent of the players would say I'd rather just go somewhere on my own. I'd rather go on my own vacation somewhere. Uh, if I'm taking three days yeah, off, yeah, or stay home with the family and sleep, or that, yeah. I mean, do stuff like that in terms of just not having to get on another plane, right? So I, I wonder I wonder what the actual thought process is for the players that are being You think voluntold. D. Millard went on this trip? I don't know. Did Millard go to uh, go Maybe to he's listening. He can call in. Well, yeah, I don't know right. if he knows the number. His phone doesn't work. <laughs> That's right. He can text. He only text gets, me, Darren, if you're listening. Do you go on these trips? Yeah. And did you have one of the hot dogs on top of the cake? So, all right. Golden Knights, uh, they play the Coyotes tonight in a preseason game. Um, but let's talk about goalies for a second. We didn't get to this very much yesterday. 
They put Michael Hutchison on waivers. Um, so they basically they were okay with losing Michael Hutchison for nothing. That was no problem for them, uh, which means Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill are, are their top two to goalies. However, according to Bruce Cassidy yesterday, Laurent Brossois is skating. Laurent Brossois is not skating with the team, but he is skating. He is back on the ice. And so my question becomes, what do the Golden Knights do when Laurent Brossois comes back? And I know we will probably have some actual regular season games that will help make that decision, right? You know, if Aiden Hill's just awful, then he's awful. And hey, Laurent Brossois is back. But I'm curious to see what they do. And the reason I'm curious is because the Golden Knights have invested, not a lot, but they have invested in both Aiden Hill and Laurent Brossois. They traded a fourth-round pick in the offseason for Aiden Hill. If Brossois comes back within the first 10, 20 games of the season and you get rid of Aiden Hill, you basically threw away a fourth-round pick. But they also invested a two-year deal worth $2.3 million into Laurent Brossois last offseason. So he's got a $2.3 million salary hit. Is there any way that the Golden Knights will look at this and say, we've invested resources into Aiden Hill and Laurent Brossois. Those are our two goalies. Logan Thompson's no. waiver exempt. We're putting no. him on waivers. Because I think Logan Thompson's the goalie. I think he I is I think too. he's the starter. I think he's the goalie. And I'm curious to see how he plays. Because oh, that's, everyone's curious about that. Yeah. If he is average or worse in, say, the first 10 games, and then Laurent Brossois is able to come back, I think they send him down. I mean, worse than average, and their records four and six. Yeah, if, yeah. If he's just like a slight, if he's just a slightly below average goalie, and they're you know four, five, and one to start the year, I think they send them down, and they say we're Aiden Hill and Laurent Brossois. After right the now. seven three loss in an exhibition the other night, I can't wait to see Cassidy if they're four, <laughs> five, and one. How much money do they save by what sending Thompson down? Yeah. They can't. They won't save any because they're going into long term right. IR. So the so sending players up and down won't save them any money. They need to. They'll, it'll actually be more. It'll against the cap. It'll cost them more to send or to keep. Actually, no, no, because the Brassois gets paid enough. He has to have a buried cap hit. So I don't know which one would be cheaper for them against the cap. They might end up being. It might be negligible. It might be about the same. I'm telling you, Bill Foley needs to pull a Jerry Jones and sue the league to get rid of this whole salary cap thing. <laughs> he does we are listen? We I think salary cap keeps going up. You see those numbers in the next few years? Well, it's going to take them two I mean, years. They're going to. It's gonna yeah. be. It's gonna be. It's eighty-two this year. It's gonna be like, like 83, eighty-three next year. It doesn't jump until the following year, right? And then it goes up to ninety something. But right. it's like, come on, all these other leagues—they boost their salary cap by ten, twenty, thirty million every year. Part of Mike Mayock's strategy was, yeah, we'll send some cap to the future. It's gonna be a higher salary right. cap the next year. And then COVID happened, and the salary cap didn't go up. Um, so yeah, it goes up a little bit. Um, I I do think what's gonna happen here. I think Logan Thompson is gonna be in the NHL. Pretty much the whole year, I right? Do I don't think he's going to struggle gonna enough, goalie. and I think he's going to be the best one. But I do think they're going to end up losing Aiden Hill, and I think we're going to look back and say, why in the world did they trade a fourth-round pick for Aiden Hill? Not that a fourth-round pick was a lot, but why when they had Logan Thompson, Michael Hutchison, and a recovering Logan Thompson, or excuse Le me, Brassois, why did they trade for Aiden Hill? Because... Were I have just a hard not that confident in Hutchinson. I guess, but I have a hard time believing Aiden Hill's that much better than Michael Hutchinson. 
I just Aiden Hill's never been. It's not like you're talking about a guy who's been a proven starting goalie in the NHL. His revenge game the other night didn't go very. It did well. not go very for him. So they have a lot of goalies. They need well at least one Logan of them Thompson. to be good. Huh? Went well for Logan Thompson. Did it? He probably watched Braden McNabb play and like, oh yikes! <laughs> yeah, I know that guy's going to be in front of me. Whoa! Wait a minute, he's already minus <laughs> no, three. What, only, what he probably went was? Oh man, I got this job. <laughs> All right, coming up next, Charles McDonald joins the show. Here we go. Oh, yeah. There he is. There he is. Not... Yes. Oh, yes. yes. That's what we're talking Wagner. about. Wagner. Wagner. Veteran. Right. Get him down. Now get Had out and tackle. let these guys take over. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Yeah, it was Peyton and Eli uh, reacting. They actually showed the Bobby Wagner hit on uh, the Manning cast. They didn't shy away from it. They were like, hey, we got to show this. Joining us now from Yahoo is Charles McDonald. Um, all right, Charles, uh, I wanted to ask you, how much money would it take for you to streak on the field and do a gender reveal uh, for one of your friends? Um, <laughs> wow. Well, <laughs> who's playing? Okay, well, okay that's, that's interesting because I, I didn't know that it was a for a, a gender reveal. I, we don't know if we're, it was ge- either. we're guessing we're on that. Guessing. We're totally guessing yeah. on that. Okay, yeah, because I was like, what the hell is that pink stuff uh, coming behind? That would add some context to it, but uh, I don't think I will be doing it in a game that features, like, Nick Bosa, Aaron Donald, Bobby <laughs> Wagner, uh, basically, like, two of, the, two of the best defenses over the past few years of football. I don't think that that would be my choice, uh, but the Seahawks and the Lions did just give up like a combined almost 100 <laughs> points. So I might be able to evade someone on that defense long enough to just get tackled by a security guard. But to actually answer the question, um, it would have to be a significant amount of money because I would lose my job. I would probably have to quit uh, everything that I like to do for work and I would have to go do something boring. And in order for me to do that, it would take a lot of money, like something where I could not work for a, a year or two probably. All right, you get, do it. Do it about five years. Not work for five years. Right. That should be the number. Yeah, not work for five years. Yeah, take five. Years. So well, let's put it like I don't know. Three million dollars. <laughs> Sounds good. It's more than five years. <laughs> All right, uh, you are our. Oh, well, you're your Falcons expert. They're two and two. We might get to them, but more importantly, you are our Mahol- uh, Pat Mahomes truther. Um, do you yes. do you feel vindicated already? Four weeks into the season. Yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> That was really good. I don't know if many people uh, realize that. My uh, my take of calling him the most underrated player in the league after I saw him – well, I, I think it started with him being ranked eighth from the NFL Top 100. And I was like underrated, most underrated player in the league right there. And then Pro Football Focus, they helped me out after the first week when he threw five touchdowns by having him as like the ninth – like the eighth or ninth best quarterback in the league that week. So – uh, it's been fun. It's it's been a really, really, really easy take to have uh, because he's like he's he's like the best quarterback that we've ever seen enter the league. Uh, I, I like up to this point in his career. So uh, I gotta say, I'm having a great time. I just get to tweet Patrick Mahomes is really underrated, and then I get to have all these fans who are not in the joke tweeting me, "What are you stupid, Patrick Mahomes?" underrated well it's just a joke guys but every time that he is below number one on a ranking i think that he is being significantly underrated unless that one over him is aaron donald so you're saying there's a chance for the raiders um no (laughs) (laughs) 
No, I mean, look, <laughs> hey, you got your you got your first win, right? Yeah. I, th- th- that was nice. I uh, don't think one and three. Probably looking at one and four is where you thought you were going to be five games into the season. But the most underrated player in the league is about to eviscerate you guys on Monday Night Football because. Uh, we need the moment of him passing Troy Aikman in terms of career touchdown passes on Monday Night Football. I, 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 I don't, I don't really know how much Troy Aikman likes this current era of football. Uh, it doesn't seem like he's enjoying it all that much, seeing all these guys just put up crazy pass numbers that he didn't get to put up. So I would just like the moment of him having to say, "Yeah, Patrick Mahomes just passed me in terms of uh, all-time touchdown passes, and I played like, you know, at least a decade more than he's played right now. Charles McDonald with us from Yahoo. Can you, uh, do you have any explanation as to why the Ravens keep blowing leads? Uh, I I think, you know, I I think the most logical explanation is they're just, they're kind of banged up. Um, Last week was kind of a weird game where the rain was really bad, but still to blow, you know, a lead that they had that big. But they, I think they were up by 20 to um, three. They were up by like 23. Yeah. 23 at one point in the game. And it just kind of didn't come close for them. I don't know. Th- those games where it's raining like that are always kind of weird. I mean, I, I live in, uh, I live in Brooklyn and I know that we were getting the, uh, the, I guess the remnants of, of hurricane Ian, uh, this past weekend. And, uh, you know, the, the Eagles-Jaguars game was sloppy. The Ravens game was sloppy. Uh, Giants-Bears was was raining, too. I mean, it was just kind of an ugly weekend for football. I don't know, like, how much there's to take away from, like, this game in particular. But going back to the Dolphins game, that was really bad to see them blow that many points uh, just in the fourth quarter alone. And then in the Bills, you, you don't <laughs> – you really would not like to blow a 20-point lead when it's a monsoon for the Dolphins. You think that that's something you can hold on to. But – uh, you know, I think the injuries on defense are starting to add up. I mean, they just uh, had to sign Jason Pierre-Paul to come in and play snaps for them uh, this past weekend. Their their secondary still getting used to, I think, playing together in the new scheme. So, I don't know. I look at the Ravens, and this seems to me – you ever think of, like, those old Bill Belichick teams sometimes where the defense starts the season a little slow, but they kind of pick it up towards the end of the season? I, I think that that's going to be my projection for the Ravens' defense because the secondary is still really talented. And I think games where uh, at, at games where it's not raining as we move through the season, we'll see that. Charles, uh, one of my biggest pet peeves is that Russell Wilson continues to run out the back of the pocket. What is something that a player does that you constantly are like, why, why do that? Um, for me, I'll I'll just take it back to to my favorite team, the Falcons. Uh, Marcus Mariota, like I swear, like half the time he thinks he's He's Michael Vick in Madden 04. Uh, and, dude, like, I, I don't know how many times you have to start scrambling outside the pocket and then realize, oh, wait, these defensive linemen and linebackers are really, really, really fast. And I don't know if I can always beat them to the end zone. And then you just throw, you know, some pass that sails out of bounds or uh, – you, you, or like on what happened on Sunday, you throw a couple of hospital balls to Kyle Pitts and Drake London, and miraculously they both make it out the game uh, alive after some of the hits that they took. Uh, but man, I, it's just kind of baffling that this team has managed to win two games in a row. They won on Sunday with Mariota completing like thirty something percent of his passes, uh, and I would just like them to figure out how do you get the ball into Kyle Pitts and Drake London's hands. 
a little bit more often. Something that really doesn't seem like that'll be that difficult. Uh, but for this team, it has been increasingly difficult this season. All right. Um, given the pressure that's going to be on all these people, do you really expect Tua to play again this year? Um, yeah, this year. It's the NFL. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's, still, it's still the NFL. It's just still that job's in the line. But I, I think it might actually be a couple weeks this time. Uh, because they were finally gracious enough to stop lying to our face and say, hey, so, well, somebody messed up here after that Bills game on Sunday. Or during the Bills game on right. Sunday, I should say. Clearly, somebody messed up. Uh, look, I'm I'm someone who has a really bad back. I have two hernia discs in my back from playing football. And it's never, like, made me forget or, you know, really, like, struggle to stand to the point where I look like I don't know where I am. Usually, I just lay on the ground and, and <laughs> ask someone to come help me out. Uh, <laughs> that, that was that was kind of crazy. It was one of those situations where, you know, in most situations – yeah, sure. I'll I'll wait to see what a doctor says. But with concussions, this is football. Like this isn't the first concussion we've seen. This isn't the first time we've seen someone stumble around on the field after slamming the back of their head on the ground. We know what a concussion looks like at this point. Like that's one of the the, the few injuries where I'm okay making a diagnosis with my eyes. And that's what the whole point of like the concussion protocol is. It's a whole bunch of people making diagnoses with their eyes to pull someone uh, out of a game uh, for either a brief moment or for the entirety uh, of the game. So I, I I would definitely expect we'll see Tua at some point this season, not this Sunday against the Jets. But <laughs> if we saw him against the Vikings in like week six, I don't think I would be that surprised. Uh, they already played him in a, in a four-day four stretch, and they let him get two concussions. So uh, if he zoomed through the protocol somehow and uh, is able to play for that week six game against the Vikings, I would definitely expect to see him on the field. How many hot dogs and beers do you think you could eat and drink during a nine-inning baseball game? Well, I do have a record for beers. Uh, beers, it's 16 at an Orioles game. Yes! Um, <laughs> but hot dogs, yeah, that was a really expensive day for me. <laughs> uh, don't, don't. Well, okay, so, so we started off at this bar called Pickles inside the Orioles stadium. Uh, and I had, you know, probably like nine or ten there. And then we were like, oh, wait, it's the third inning of the game. And we walked across the street. And then I had like six more in the stadium. Uh, and I, I think for hot dogs, I don't know how many hot dogs I could eat after drinking that much beer. But I know like just on a regular day, I could easily put down like nine or ten. And oh, eat whoa. maybe even more than that in a in a, in a you know three four hour stretch. This nine 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 challenge doesn't sound like it'd be difficult. Yeah, for yeah, you. yeah. Have you seen the nine 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 challenge? Eat nine hot dogs, drink nine beers in a nine inning baseball game. Oh, I could easily do that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Okay, but like also when I pl- I played football in college and you know one of our little freshmen, haha, you're a freshman on the football team activities was uh, two freshmen got picked to eat. Uh, you know, do the 100 McNugget challenge, which is eat 100 Oof. McNuggets uh, in an hour. I did not get all 100, but I do own the record for the Gettysburg College football team with most McNuggets eat in an hour with 89. So. Oh, what oh, the? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, And also, the, there was no sauces allowed, too. By the end of it, you, you have one cup of water, 100 chick McNuggets, and by the end of it, I was dunking the chicken nuggets in water to swallow them whole. But, but, but did get... So I, I weighed like 240 at the time, and I beat the record for someone who weighed 330 pounds, and I was really proud of that. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, Charles McDonald from <laughs> Yahoo. Uh, you got anything good coming up this week? Yeah, uh, four verts uh, come coming out this week. Definitely going to make fun of the Rams because they look horrible. <laughs> Riding about the Falcons. And then uh, this week, me and Charles Robinson are doing a podcast together. Not the exemplist, but uh, his own podcast I'm forbidden the name of. So that'll be out on <laughs> <laughs> Follow Charles on Twitter. Self-promoter. Uh, yeah. Charles, as always, we appreciate Thanks, it. Charles. All right, talk to you guys next week. See ya. Uh, so there's Charles McDonald. gone. Um, would apparently have no problem with nine hot dogs and oh my god, how many? Seventeen? Make him uh seventeen beers. He said sixteen beers. Yeah, I'd wow. say. I'd I mean, say, I've done that, but I say challenge him to one every half inning. So it's the eighteen, eighteen, and nine challenge. Hot dog and a beer every half right. inning. See if he could pull that off. That'd be well. I don't know if he did, between the chicken McNuggets and the sixteen beers, he might have a chance. Oh. 89 chicken, those things have got to taste that's disgusting. With no, with no Dude, sauce. That's the, when he said no sauce, I those was just... I can, Listen, I can eat chicken McNuggets, right? Yeah, you can, but you have to have Chick-fil-A sauce. Sure, eat, I could eat them plain. I could eat six of them plain. I eat them whatever. with honey. But you're telling me, like, once you, regardless of how your stomach feels, right? Regardless of how you <sighs> feel eating them, you get past, like, what, 12, 15 of those, and you're eating the same... Damn thing over and over. Uh uh-uh. uh. I was no. thinking three, and all of a sudden your throat <laughs> is dry because you're just like, man, there's a reason that they give you sauce with yeah, these. And they got water at the end. They one cup of water. Wow. Drink it or dunk it. All right, we got tickets to give away. If ah. you want to go see the Scorpions with special guest White Snake, call in now. 702-364-1100. I'll give a caller number this time. Be caller number 8 at 702-364-1100. You'll win a pair of tickets to go see the Scorpions with White Snake at Michelob Ultra Arena on October 21st. 702-364-1100. Caller number 8. Pujol swings and he drives this one. Left field, down the line, and it's a gunner! A gunner for Albert Pujols and home run 703. 2-0 Cardinals. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Do you want to know what's funny? Roger Mayer. Hold on, I'm going to... Okay, I killed his mic so that he did that, and <laughs> you literally, anyways. you did it into the mic. I did it for him. Very We're good. a mess. Very good. Uh, good radio show. Roger Maris Jr., he went to like eight Yankee games. Waiting for the record to be right. tied right. And Aaron Judge still hasn't broken yeah. Roger Maris's 61 mark. And he went to Toronto for that whole series. Went to a different country. I believe, based on his tweet, he is not going to Texas for the final three games yeah. of the season. So if Aaron Judge hits one today or tomorrow to get to 62 and, and pass Roger Maris, Roger Maris Jr. will not be there. I find it funny that Aaron Judge struggles has dragged Roger Maris to so many baseball games that he otherwise probably wouldn't have cared about going to. Okay, this was something, I'm sorry to cut no, you off, Ed, go ahead. but this is something I'm curious about. Is the Are the Yankees flying Roger Maris to these games? Or, like, probably. Is, yeah, I would is think. He probably, make, yeah. Is he still making that Roger Maris money? Nah, no. The Yankees are probably flying him there. Uh, but and they, they're like, we draw the line at Texas. He probably just said, I'm done with this. I'm not this bum. Can't you understand get I have an insurance business. <laughs> uh, but Roger Maris Jr. tweeted this baseball should consider making two separate home run records, PED home runs and home runs. 
baseball's commissioner established separate home run records in 61. Babe Ruth was credited as the home run king with 60. Roger Maris was credited for his 61 separately under 162 games. Buffoonery. Who cares about Roger okay. Maris Jr. Buffoonery. <laughs> Does anyone run? You're not going to do that. And by the way, <laughs> PED saved the game. And the pitchers who were pitching to them were probably all juiced. You can't. I think that's buffoonery. I mean, people. There are so many people that are juiced. You didn't know who was who was and who wasn't. It's 162 games. This is the record. You can think you what you want about the steroid era. You don't split up the home run uh, records here. Okay. Pick a year between 1996 and 2002. Just in either of you. Pick a year. 98. 98. My All son right. was born in 98. Okay. I am going. Jesus Christ. I'm old. <laughs> Uh, I, I am going to look up the home run leaders and it in is 98? going to, it's going to be laughable. Right. Oh yeah. The like, like Luis Gonzalez hit 50 in a year. Remember like, when Brady Anderson weighed 110 pounds and he hit like 60 home yeah. runs? Yeah. Like, As okay, a lead off, wasn't he leading off? Yeah, he was leading off. off. Yeah. Lead like, off okay, guy. let's, let's, let's uh, be realistic about what's happening here. So when we get to Jared's list, that'll be fun here. I also, there, there's a couple points. One. Barry Bonds never tested positive. True. And the actual testing of whatever HGH, whatever the hell it was, didn't happen until like 2003 or something like that. So like talking about things being illegal and ah separate home run records, you're basically saying that you can just declare with the eye test that certain guys took steroids and certain guys didn't, which listen, we can declare with the eye test Barry Bonds did, but that's not how things work. You have to officially declare right. things that the other part of this People are all upset about steroids and the home run record and because of cheating. Aaron Judge was on the 2017 New York Yankees that were fined by Major League Baseball for illegally stealing signs. Mm-hmm. Greg Vaughn. Greg Vaughn. Hit 50 home runs. <laughs> in 98. In 98. He was not in the top three. <laughs> Ken Griffey hit 56. He was number three. And, of course, it was 1998, which was the famous year. Sammy Sosa hit 66. He was number two. And we know Mark McGuire was 70. Is it accurate to say Sammy Sosa never led the league in home runs? No. He, yeah, you're right. That is correct. He's he never always, led he's the league. With I believe he's the only player in history and to Bonds. have. Yeah, and he's Bonds. the only player in history to have three 60 home run seasons. Who never let him in. And he never led the league. He's on the list three, three times, <laughs> but never was that. But it was the best never of the, the top. <laughs> what a great year! Ed, bring that back. Baseball was so good. Jose Canseco's old ass is on this list. <laughs> you know who's second? Kyle Schwarber has like forty-seven yes. home runs. Oh, and by the way, Mike Trout missed like thirty games. He's got thirty-nine. <laughs> 